Journey of a Thousand Miles Our Parsha contains the most serene description of old age and dying anywhere in the Torah. Then Abraham breathed his last and died at a good old age, an old man and full of years, and he was gathered to his people. There's an earlier verse, no less moving. Abraham was old, well advanced in years, and God had blessed Abraham with everything. Nor was this the serenity, nor was this serenity the gift of Abraham alone. Rashi, like the sages, was puzzled by the description of Sarah. She lived to 127 years old. Um, um, these were the years of Sarah's life. The last phrase seems completely superfluous. Why not just tell us that Sarah lived to be 127? What is added by saying these were the years of Sarah's life? Rashi is led to the conclusion that the first half of the verse talks about the quantity of her life how long she lived, while the second tells us about the quality of her life. They, the years she lived, were all equal in goodness. Yet how is any of this conceivable? Abraham and Sarah were commanded by God to leave everything that was familiar, their land, their home, their family, and travel to an unknown land. No sooner had they arrived than they were forced to leave because of famine. Twice, Abraham's life was at risk when driven into exile. He worried that he'd be killed so that the local ruler could take Sarah into his harem. Sarah herself had to say that she was Abraham's sister and had to suffer the indignity of being taken into a stranger's household. Then there was the long wait for a child, made even more painful by the repeated divine promise that they would have as many children as the stars of the sky or the dust of the earth. And then came the drama of the birth of Ishmael to Sarah's servant Hagar. This aggravated the relationship between the two women, and eventually Abraham had to send Hagar and Ishmael away. One way or another, this was a source of pain to all four people involved. Then there was the agony of the binding of Isaac. Abraham was faced with the prospect of losing the person most precious to him, the child he had waited for so long. For a variety of reasons, neither Abraham nor Sarah had an easy life. Theirs were lives of trial, in which their faith was tested at many points. How can Rashi say that all of Sarah's years were equal in their goodness? How can the Torah say that Abraham has been blessed with everything? The answer is given by the Parsha itself, and it is very unexpected. Seven times Abraham had been promised the land. Here is just one of those occasions. The Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had parted from him, raise your eyes and from the place where you are now standing, look to the north, the south, the east and the west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. Kum Go walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. Yeah, but that by the time Sarah dies, Abraham had no land at all, and he was forced to prostrate himself before the local Hittites and beg for permission to acquire even a single field with a cave in which to bury his wife. Even then, he had to pay what was clearly a massively inflated price, 400 silver shekels. This does not sound like the fulfillment of the prophecy of, prophet, promise of all the land, north, south, east, and west. 
Then, in relation to children, Abraham was promised four times, I'll make you into a great nation, I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth. God took Abraham outside and said, Look at the sky and count the stars, see if you can count them. God then said to him, That is how numerous your descendants will be. And then, lastly, no longer shall you be called Abraham, your name shall become Avraham, Abraham, for I have set you up as the father of many nations." Yet he had to wait for so long for even a single son by Sarah that when God insisted that they, that she would indeed have a son, both Abram and Sarah laughed. To be sure, the sages differentiated between the two episodes, saying that Abram laughed with joy, Sarah with disbelief. In general, in Genesis, the verb tzachak, to laugh, is fraught with ambiguity, but one way or another, whether we think of children or the land, the two key divine promises to Abraham and Sarah, the reality fell so far short of what they might have felt entitled to expect. That, however, is precisely the meaning and message of Chaye Sarah. In it, Abraham does two things. He buys the first plot in the land of Canaan, and he arranges for the marriage of Isaac. One field and a cave was for Abraham enough for the text to say that God had blessed Abraham with everything. One child, Isaac, by then married and with children. Abraham was a hundred when Isaac was born. Isaac was sixty when the twins Jacob and Esau was born were born, and Abraham was a hundred and seventy five when he died. That was enough for him to die in peace. Lao Tzu, the Chinese sage said that a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. To this, Judaism adds, Lo alacha hamlacha ligmor, it is not for you to complete the work, but neither are you free to desist from it. God himself said of Abraham, For I have chosen him, so that he will direct his children and his household after him, to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. The meaning of this is clear. If you ensure that your children will continue to live for what you have lived for, then you can have faith that they will continue your journey until eventually they reach the destination. Abraham did not need to see all the land in Jewish hands, nor did he need to see the Jewish people become numerous. He had taken the first step, he had begun the task, and he knew that his descendants would continue it. He was able to die serenely because he had faith in God and faith that others would complete what he had begun. The same was surely true of Sarah. To place your life in God's hands, to have faith that whatever happens to you happens for a reason, to know that you are part of a larger narrative and to believe that others will continue what you began is to achieve a satisfaction in life that cannot be destroyed by circumstance. Abraham and Sarah had that faith, and so they were able to die with a sense of fulfillment. To be happy doesn't mean that you have everything you want or everything you were promised. It means simply to have done what you were called on to do, to have made a beginning and then to have passed on the baton to the next generation. Tzadikim afilu b'mitatam nikrem chayim, the righteous even in death, 
are regarded as though they were still alive, says the Gemara, because the righteous live, leave a living trace in those who come after them. That was enough for Abram and Sarah, and it must be enough for us.